please go to this URL. Please, 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 please go to this URL. Please go to this URL. Please go to this. Please, this URL. Podcast Junkies, episode number one. Welcome to Podcast Junkies. This is episode number one. I'm pretty stoked to be doing this. It was an idea I had a couple of months ago after attending a conference called New Media Expo in Las Vegas. I was motivated because I consider myself a podcast junkie, someone who likes, appreciates, and learns a ton from all the podcasts that I have in my phone. I think it's definitely experiencing a resurgence, and I thought... What better idea than to talk to others who are just as excited about podcasts, who love talking about podcasts, and who see it as the wave of the future. As you may or may not know, it's even making its way into cars. Um, Stitcher is now appearing in several um, manufacturers in the dash. So that's pretty cool, I guess, along the lines of XM Radio. Uh, you can tune into your favorite podcasts. So I think now's a good time to jump in. And I thought I'd start off with a pretty lively discussion with uh, someone who I like and I'm a fan of, Chase Reeves. Um, it's pretty fun and you can obviously tell it's one of my first interviews. So bear with me as I work the kinks out and uh, send me your feedback. Let me know what you think and if you're digging the show. My guest today is Chase Reeves. Chase has been known to bust out a rap lyric to show tunes, and he's keen on Vans bowling shoes. He's mm. also also a fan of banana sweaters, and he's the inventor of the Prudcast, a connoisseur of gluten-free crackers, and generally the funniest person in the room, and quite obviously a math genius. <laughs> <laughs> he's also one-third of the Fizzle Show crew. Chase Reeves, thank you so much for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, Harry. Awesome. Um, so part of the reason, Chase, that uh, I first heard about you was when I was on uh, at New Media Expo. Yeah. And uh, how the podcast sausage was made was obviously a catchy title to the mm. show. And I said, "Hey, I got I got a <laughs> got sausage in it." So you know. <laughs> and it's part of it's part probably part of that same. Um, the same guidelines they give you when you're writing a catchy headline for an email, I guess. That's probably what you guys thought when you, when you came up with no, that. I wish. I'm unfortunately not smart enough with that stuff. When I think of headline things, it just gets so soul-sucking. I don't know. How, I still, to this day, I run a blog with Corbett and Caleb at Fizzle. We've got a lot of people <laughs> that come to like a lot of people that subscribe to the email and that, that, that read the thing, that come and see it every month. Yeah. I still don't know how to write a headline. Like I always want to write something cute yeah. and funny, and they never. It's ne everything I write there. I think is great, and none of the headlines end up being like shareable or clickable. So I'm the worst guy in the room when it comes to naming things. <laughs> so do, do you guys actually measure that sort of stuff? Or well, you could just kind of you just kind of get a sense, you know, yeah. when you publish. We publish a blog post every Tuesday and a podcast every Friday. Okay, and so and we have been for quite a while, and. You just get a sense. Like normally, we have a little bit at the end that, like, here, click, tweet this little quote or little quotables. I call them. Yeah. I call them quotables. And uh, and so, 
normally you just kind of get a sense for how many of those you see yeah. out there and then how much traffic or whatever. But ultimately, I mean, I don't, so I go like, I go, sometimes I'll go like four or five months before getting into Google Analytics. So I, to be honest, I don't know. I'm just like kind of like the artistic, like prima donna one who's like, they don't love me. They love me. They don't. They hate me. They love me. I'm amazing. You know, it's like I'm constantly. Well, I, I definitely get the impression, and, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Fizzle show, that uh, you're the comedic relief. But uh, be- actually. Right, that's one way to put it. The other way to put it is like, you're the monkey. They co- pull out for uh, in between the uh, good bits. The golden retriever. Is, as exactly. Right. Yeah. So um, You tell- have been listening. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about um, Chase Reeves and the Fizzle show to, to give folks a bit of background about who you are. But I think uh, a lot of people might have an idea, so. Yeah, so we run fizzle.co. Uh, I am the creative director there, which means uh, a, a lot, we're a three-person shop, So, which means I, we all run, we're all creative director, and we're all CEO, and we're all finance and CTO, and all this other stuff. Um, but we, we try to make people who are, we try to help people who are trying to build their own thing. Yeah. I guess, it's, it, you know, it's more, it's easier than ever. We've got more tools than ever to create a website and start earning a living, you know, but it's still just as difficult as it, as it ever was. As if we were a village, you know, 2,000 years ago, and you, you're like, it's like, well, there's more hammers than ever, but that doesn't mean you know how to make a shoe, and you can just all of a sudden be a cobbler or yeah. something like that, you know? So we're teaching, we're teaching people how to be cobblers. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because um, you talk a lot about that uh, in, on some of the shows you've been on, and you're trying to separate the signal from the noise. Yeah. And, and get folks to listen. And, and I think what you guys are doing is a bit different. Um, so obviously a lot of the podcasts that I listen to are about uh, small business, entrepreneurship. So what I'm trying to cover here is really like this thing that's happening around podcasts in general. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a fan of Michael Wolf, um, Next Market. That was a, a fantastic series he did on podcasts. Yeah. And I, I happened to catch you, you and Corbett on it um, and, and you mentioned some things about how you got into podcasting. So I thought it'd be interesting for you to, talk, to think back about, you know, what I know you're a, a big fan of Merlin Mann. And I'm wondering how, how you got into actual podcasting and your thoughts about the genesis of it. Yeah, um, it, I think I started paying attention to podcasts. Let's see, what was the first ones that I used to listen to? I think the ones that have been in my, my, my feed for longest were like Freakonomics and um no there was something before that what what was it i'm trying to i'm kind of blanking i think maybe um i just listened to a lot of podcasts you know yeah. this was way back even before merlin was was uh podcasting i was just listening to a lot of podcasts and i was before that even i was listening to a lot of audiobooks i just yeah. loved listening to audiobooks i hated being a slave to the radio whatever was on the radio and yeah. i've never done that um just because it's like, well, that sucks. Like I spend, ha- I have a twenty-minute ride, and I'm going to spend five of it listening to music, and yeah. most of it listening to to commercials and stuff. So I and I really loved listening to fiction, like like listening to Ender's Game on audiobook, would like change my my whole life. And then yeah. getting into like Game of Thrones and and stuff like that. And then occasionally I'll be like, well, I should probably do some work, so I like throwing like a <laughs> Seth Godin audiobook or something like that, just to balance it's, it out. Yeah, exactly. Like going through Book Yourself Solid on audiobook or something. And they were all, it was, I just love that experience. I learned so much. I feel like there's something to this just kind of like sitting in the information and seeing what sinks in by osmosis. Like I don't have a notepad and I'm not like taking notes on everything. I'm just kind of like driving from one place to the other, you know, 20 minute commute every day to and from. And you, you get through Ender's Game in a few weeks. You yeah. get through 
book yourself solid in a week, you know? And so for those reasons, I loved the idea of learning and the idea of being in a story, uh, getting just new, I don't know, just going through something, being interested in something, I think, is what I, what I was addicted to. It's like, oh, that's what it feels like to be engaged and interested. Yeah. I like that. Where can I get more of that? Um, and so then it turned into... Uh, finding podcasts like Freakonomics and, and which isn't even like, I still listen to Freakonomics. It's, it's not my like favorite thing in the world to listen to. I just don't really know how to delete it. I don't think I just, <laughs> and I'd rather listen. It's fine. You know, my, the bummer right now is my podcast queue. I can never, Oh, yeah, WTF with Mark Maron. Yeah, That's course, where it all started. Okay. That's where it all started for me. Cause I was hearing these comics that I love talk about their backstory about how they got started. Yeah. And when you hear Louis CK talk about how he got started, you're like, Oh, I could have taken that first step. Maybe, maybe I could have even done that. But you could you could look at him do his latest special, and you're never like, oh, I could do that. Well, uh, you never would say that about Louis C.K. You know, yeah. um, and so and same thing with Marin. I was a big fan of Marin. Uh, a lot of these people, Rob Delaney, and and I just I love comedy so much. I always thought it would be just the most magical thing in the world to be able to do that. You know, yeah, and I'm. It's, in, it's interesting because um, our, do you remember back in the day? Because when I think of podcasts, I think of the fact that you had to actually sync it up manually. With oh yeah, your, absolutely. <laughs> you had to connect your your, you your fucking phone. I, with an iPod <laughs> with an iPod like and you had, an like iPod. That, you had to download it and roll like, oh, the rolling yeah. the thing like oh go no go I missed it go to back to podcast yeah <laughs> you know and it's like there's no such thing as internet yeah. and uh, I told him and then iPhone changed all that for me. I was still syncing with iTunes yeah but. But that was compared to looking at it on an iPod, like that was amazing. Uh, and then, and then now, obviously, where I just use uh, the Casts app, and I don't, I don't even, I don't even open iTunes anymore. It's RDO and Casts app. Yeah, That's yeah. It. The fact that a lot of it happens over the air, and I can relate to your story about the audiobooks because I actually got into Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I, I had yeah. a long commute. Um, when I used to live in uh, Atlanta. I'm in New York now, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was 45 minutes to an hour, so. And, yep. then, and then I discovered the magic of 2x speed, and I was like, well, yep. they, 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 don't, <laughs> they don't sound like chipmunks, and I can still yep. understand everything. So now it's like I can listen to twice as many, and now my, my guilty pleasure is downcast at 3x, which is kind of strange. 3x is a little heavy. <laughs> hey, Harry, here's the thing. Okay, I, I, yeah. let me talk to you about some twice speed stuff. Yeah. First of all, uh, like my like Merlin, like he like would ha- he would never talk to me if he under if he knew that I listened to his show. <laughs> I, I'm at one point seven. One point seven. Okay. Um, that's the that's the optimum that I've found. Uh, but I also like when it, when there's like a vid- like a long video that I want to watch yeah. on YouTube or something like that. I found a little way to download YouTube clips. Yeah. And then I'll open it up with QuickTime Seven, the old version <laughs> of QuickTime. Where I can actually play it at what like up to three x, yeah, yeah. And so I've gotten so used to doing that because of audiobooks. Listening to Ender's Game at two x still sounds great. I'm still yeah. getting everything, and it's and, and half the time you'd be reading that fast, anyways. When like it's an exciting part of the book, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, you know, it's, it's almost like speed. It's the, it's it's speed reading basically. Exactly. But, yeah, but it, there's something like intimate about the fact that you can hear it, and these authors are in your earbuds. Yeah. And I think when it's so close, and the fact that's related to podcasts as well, when you've got these authors like literally in your ears, and they talk about this at NMX a lot as well. But it's it's something more intimate when they're so close, and and you feel like they're uh, they've occupied the space within your ear your eardrums or ear canals, ear whatever holes. it is. Ear holes. <laughs> ear it's holes. Just holes. Don't don't fancy it up. <laughs> it's just holes. It's just a hole. Yeah, it is a hole. It's a hole. It's just a, I mean, let's call let's call a spade a spade here. That's a hole. They're basically inserting stuff into your hole. You basically have an empty cavity in your head, and you're just shoving things <laughs> in it because you're so lonely and hungry, and and it's just more, 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 more. 
Well, the the strange thing about it, and I, Pat Flynn's talked about it too, is like you, you get through like a uh, like a series of episodes. So, so, for example, the Fizzle Show. Like I listened to, I had to go back to the beginning when I like a show. I like, okay, let me let me hear what these guys are about, and I go back yeah. to episode one, and I start to work my way through. So. After yeah. a good about 30, 40 episodes, you're like, oh, I, I know this guy. I know this oh, guy. Yeah. This guy that's, knows <laughs> that's one of the That's one of the most unique things about podcasts because yeah. you do not get that same thing from blogging. You don't no, at all. Not at all. And you, you can kind of from video. Weirdly, the reason why uh, uh, I think it – with video, you kind of can, but rarely are you ever as candid on video as you are in just audio. Yeah. Like why is a podcast an hour long on average and a video – you know, wants to be about three minutes on, on YouTube. It's, it's, you know? edi- it's edited, right? It's, it's, it's edited. Down, and because like, up. I'm not going to watch you. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and watch you for an hour, yeah. but I'll put you on when I'm driving to work, yeah, Exactly. you know, and I'll put you on when I'm going on a run or something like that in the background. And that's where I think that podcasting operates on this really interesting level. And I'm just saying that from, I don't have, I'm not like, I don't have access to research or anything. I'm just saying for myself, at, like a lot of times, like Fred Wilson's a VC guy that I I like to pay yeah. attention to. Brad uh, Feld, all these guys, they do a lot of like these. They'll have like a long interview thing on YouTube. I'll, the first thing I do is I'll download that that thing yeah. and I'll convert it to an MP3. I'll put it up on my cloud app and I'll huff stuff <laughs> that so it ends up on my phone so I can listen to it. It's a video. Yeah. It started on, on yeah. as a as a you know conference video. Somewhere. But there's some there's something to be said about the fact that you actually. To take uh, all the the time and the effort to, to put all that stuff together and say, okay, I now have a strategy for how I can get videos into my like audio. No, don't get me wrong. I would prefer it just to be one. I wish I could yeah. just huff stuff YouTube videos. No. But but you're right. Like, but it's because, and this is a, I think a, a thing that I'm learning to see. It's because like there's somebody that I'm infatuated with. I want to learn whatever the hell they're going to tell me. Yeah. Like it started with Merlin, and then it went on to Marin. Uh, and, and it's still Merlin and Marin and, and all these other guys, but uh, like Brad Feld and, and where I'm, I'm, I, I want to know what they're saying. I want as much like Marco Arment at XOXO a conference here in Portland. He said this about like why he loves podcasts so much is because he can love a writer and be really interested and enthusiastic about what this person has to say. Yeah. But he's never going to get as much of them in a writing as he is going to get in them being on a microphone. Because this is me and I'm talking to you, Harry, yeah. you know, like, like we're really getting each other right here. I mean, it's still like separated by bits and bites and the, yeah. and, and you know, and, and insecurities and distance and all this other stuff. But like this, that's what's so remarkable. That's why I fell in love with Mark Marin is because, uh, I saw how broken he was yeah. and how, uh, and he had act- and he, how much work he had put into this career and how much of a failure it was and how it was actually building itself up again, but on totally different directions. Yeah. And, and how he had access to all these people who would tell him, tell him all their stories because they know that Mark went through that shit. Yeah. You know, so for all those reasons, I just fell in love. I just, I love, I loved that, that vibrancy, the vulnerability, the authenticity, the, the darkness, that monster rageness of it all, <laughs> and just the real humanity. Yeah. And more than anything, that's why I still love, and I've also, I've been an audio guy for forever. I started out as a musician and I was recording for the last 15 years, yeah. you know, just dealing with audio. So when, after doing that, that got me into video because it's not that different editing video from audio, which, I've been in video for much longer because, well, video is sexy and this, that, and the other. So going back to podcasts is like in editing audio. Like I can do anything I want in audio. Yeah. I can do literally no, anything. Yeah, I, I can relate because I, um, I, I, when we talked at NMX, I'm working on a, a DJ app as well. But yeah. um, I, I've been making electronic music for a while. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable totally. in like Ableton Live and like working through audio files and, and putting all this stuff together. 
um, and the editing aspect of it. So that, that part is, is, is definitely familiar to me. So um, I want to dig in a, a bit deeper because you, you, you and Corbett had a really good interview on the Next Market podcast. And what you were saying is that you, you see the platform as a way to talk about your mission and your message. And you said that podcasting is a big piece of it. And you talked about podcasting as a cultural moment, and it's about noting your audience really well. Mm-hmm. So you dig into that a little I did, bit more. I did yeah. say those things. I did. <laughs> you're, I on did. The, you're on the record. You know that, right? Yeah. That's well, the- <laughs> I think what's funny is because the nature of podcasting is just also bullshitting, uh, you know now about what you know now more than I do what was said in the Next Market podcast when I was on there. But that's my personality. Like, I'm just, I love. I love, you know, you sent me an intro to the show. I, yeah. I, it's like, I glanced at it and I was like, I really don't want to know what we're going to go through because I like being in this moment yeah. a lot. I was torn I, between that. Like, do I send it or do I just catch you off well, guard? Like, yeah. Corb- Corbett would much rather know what we're going to talk about yeah. beforehand. And I just wouldn't because I'd rather be the guy saying, like, I have no idea, but let's talk about this. Yeah. You know, that, because I don't know. That just, I'm a, like, I'm the, like you said, I'm the golden retriever. Like, I just want to go fetch the stick and this is the stick right now, yeah. you know? So uh, I do think we're in this interesting cultural moment with podcasting, as we are with everything. Like, you know how people are talking about um, the, the music industry or the, or the movie industry? It's all, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the microphone just changed. Yeah, exactly. It's got, a, it's got a, a mind of its own. But, like, you know, things are changing. Yeah, of course, the movie, the movie and music industries are changing so much right yeah. now because they've only been around for, like, 25 years. <laughs> you know? They've really only been industries – since like the 60s maybe so you know you, what i mean would you put podcasting into an industry um i i would cert- the reason i love what pod i wasn't around for the wild wild west of blogging yeah when we were creating blogging yeah i wasn't a, certainly wasn't around for you know the wild wild west of music and movies when when you could just have a studio and start making these things and yeah. it t- cost a bunch of money but like nobody was doing it so every movie every piece of music was interesting you know, the way that blogging was for a while, like I, I was never around. Like I remember when Vine came out, like the, the yeah, little cool. and I was just like, oh, I'm around for the introduction of a new sort of category. Yeah. You know, I've never like I wasn't around. I wasn't on Twitter when Twitter la- or I wasn't in Internet when Twitter launched even. But podcasting feels a lot like uh, like in every and everything that gets released, it learns a lot from what's come before it. So the maturation of Vine went really quick. Because even it's still in the middle of it, just because of the nature of what human, like us, our culture in general, has learned about social networking. Yeah. You know, so I think the podcast, you know, industry or whatever machine or whatever we want to call this, is maturing very rapidly because of the nature of the way that that publishing is maturing. And we've but we've been publishing for you know hundreds, oh, yeah. hundreds of years, you know, yeah. well maybe not actually. I mean, Gutenberg was in fifteen hundreds, so yeah, hundreds of years. But, and it goes back well, before that, but that's all the, handwriting yeah, stuff. Yeah, the overarching publishing umbrella, yeah. And the idea uh, still, like, like, I was a biblical studies major in, in college, so we clearly, we were, we were talking about the Bible. Uh, and the idea of the <laughs> Gutenberg Press, was, was, I mean, the Bible was central to that. Like, the idea that, the fact that you could now go from hand, you had to be handwriting shit before that, yeah. right? And now you can take an idea, like, I don't know, Black people are the same as white people. There's an idea, yeah. right? Let's not discriminate against anyone. That's a, imagine that. Imagine that. That's an idea. <laughs> now I can I can make I can I can make that idea into words, and then I can disseminate it through the world. 
You know what I mean? That's crazy, one right? little, that's, that's one crazy book at though. A time. If, you, if you really like sit back and think about it, that's kind of wild shit, right? It, yeah, you can imagine what it meant it, like, you know, 500 years ago. Yeah. Right? So we're doing the same thing every fucking day with every tweet, <laughs> you know, every little fart on the internet that I make, every little blip and bloop. Um, I just have a new app called Saga for the iPhone, yeah. and it like tracks everything that you do. It's like, hey, you, it looks like you went to this coffee shop, and then you went to another coffee shop, and then and then you walked uh, two hundred steps, and then you ate at this place, and then you were at home for like four hours, and then you're, like it just knows where you so are. It's your own personal stalker, and which means it's making me try. I, like I'm I'm like looking at this, and I'm like, wow, I should live a better life. I yeah. should go to more places with my family instead of by myself. And oh, I should, you know, like it's like. Now I can see what's actually happening. Yeah, it's getting to the point. It's like you spent four point six hours away from your wife. How do you feel about exactly. that? Yeah, that's totally. Weird. I noticed your wife wasn't anywhere near anybody. <laughs> these other girls were. No, I kid. But uh, anyways, I don't know why I bring that up. But but this idea that that we have the ability to to disseminate information, these ideas. I mean, I forget how powerful. This is, we've had a really tough, we just moved back to Portland yeah. um, from the Bay Area. And we've had a really rough transition of it because I have a four-year-old son and he's been having a very hard time with, basically he's had three lives in the last three years, yeah. three complete lives. We were here for 10 years. Then we moved down to the Bay Area for about a year and then we moved back up here. Um, and <laughs> it, I'll, I'll try to refrain from Portlandia jokes, but I love that yeah, series. Yeah, it's way. all right. You can put a bird on it. That's fine. Um, so... We've been having a really rough go of it. My wife's been insanely stressed. You know why? Because okay. the story in her head about what's wrong with my son, Aiden, and yeah. what's going on has been very intense. It's had a lot of things at stake. If yeah. he doesn't figure this stuff out, he's going to he's gonna X, Y, and Z. His spine's going to be dysfunctioning or, or whatever. Yeah. What, right? The, her mind was creating this story. She starts reading a fucking book okay, called Happy Parent, Happy Kids or something. I don't know. Something like that. And literally, like, she's, she's 50 pages into this book, and she's just looking at me like, oh, my <laughs> God, this is amazing. And I'm watching, over the last two weeks, my wife completely transform. Yeah. And my, my house becomes a happy place again. Awesome. You know? My, 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 uh, my hanging out with my son becomes more fun. Dinner time becomes fun instead of, like, a total, like, you know, just nightmare experience. Putting Aiden down, hanging out. Like, he's responding better. because and that's, and that's all from the book? That because it was a fucking idea. Yeah. Ideas are so powerful, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it re reframes some of the narrative she had in her in her head about what she thought of our life and this, that, and the other, right? So just the idea ideas are so powerful. And we get to disseminate those. Podcasting is just one way. Yeah. You know, I could send a tweet, I could send an update, I could do a blog post, I could write an ebook, I could sell it on Gumroad, I could do this, that, and the other. I could do anything I want. Right. And so we got every day, it's just like, I've got an idea, whatever. I'll just, <laughs> you know, my idea. Most of the time, the bummer is our idea is like, that wasn't a very good movie. Yeah. Or like, oh, oh my God, fat people are the worst. Or whatever. Our, yeah. Know, everyone's got an opinion, obviously. Right. Whatever our ideas are. But, but for those of us who do the work, there are, re there are really great ideas to be had. And we like, but even more importantly, it's like, if you're someone who's struggling with your family life, like, cause you, because you feel like, your kid's going to turn into a horrible monster or something like that. You can, you can do the work to either find out an idea for yourself or discover someone else's idea for you yeah. and realize how amazing that is. And so if I could listen to the happy parent podcast, <laughs> I do, I do that instead of read the book. 
You know, so it's it's the the. Is that, I feel is, like is I, that is that is that a sneak peek of some up and coming uh, show? No, I, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I need another podcast. Like I need a hole in my head. Or but, the uh, or, or the whiskey parent podcast. Something, exactly. Something like that. You know. So, uh, but the, the, I, so I have this idea about, um, and it's not really like my idea, but but the sense is you have a message. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You have you have a message. I have a purpose. I have a mission. Like my mission for Fizzle is to help people who are and I, I hate that word help. Help is like we just use that nowadays. What I really mean is someone's out there trying to put their ass on the line to build something that they care about and support their family yeah. and they're struggling. Their head is just about underwater with all of the things they've got to keep straight, you know, productivity, time management, what should I do next? What should I do this or that? I don't know anybody. Do I want to go to this conference that costs a lot of money? Should I spend that money? All of this sort of shit, right? Yeah. It's super stressful. It's super harrowing. And, I, and I've been there and done that, and I know how to build these businesses. So I wanted, just like this parent book lady was able to write that shit down yeah. for my wife, I want to be able to say, no, 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 no. Your life isn't going to shit. This yeah. is normal. And here's what you need to do. Just, yeah, you know, it's like it, it becomes very easy to give those ideas. So I have a, mes- I have a message. I have yeah. a mission. And so now what I want to do is disseminate that in every way I can. Right. So if someone's going to be on Facebook and they're only going to see it there, I want to get them. I want to get this to them there. Someone's going to be on YouTube. I want to get it to them there. Someone's going to be, you know, in iTunes searching for podcasts. I want to get it to them there. If someone's going to be on the Internet searching Google, I want to get it to them there. You know, so that's like as a publisher, that's what it looks like now. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk has this idea that we're all media companies where we're we're, whatever we are. You know, you're the you're the DJ app guy. Now you're also a media company. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's almost a, yeah, a, a responsibility to, to to distribute your message in like the best way possible. And I think, do you think that like some of your training as a pastor comes through in your role as like a the fizzle ringleader, if you will? Well, I certainly spend a lot of time in prayer about it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think what what I'm really grateful about all the the I don't know the development that I did back then is. Uh, just this, this sense of, you know what, there are no rules. I don't know, when you contemplate death and hell enough, you know, and, and then come to terms with the fact that, like, probably isn't a hell. Might be a god, but probably isn't a hell. And even if there is, like, what is that? Fuck, come on. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, but it, it really made me pay attention to people. It, it really made me, like, realize, like, nobody's got the answer. Yeah. Nobody's got the answer, right? I, so, so I should just be humble. You know, don't be an arrogant piece of shit. Be humble, but move forward. You know, yeah, and, and sometimes people are just waiting for you, like your take on things, and sometimes they're struggling with like how how to figure out a problem to a certain solution, and like, and sometimes you listen to enough podcasts and, and you get a sense of like, okay, maybe this guy has the answer, maybe this guy has the answer, and then you just listen to a, a wide range of opinions, and, and that sure. puts you on the right path, maybe. Yeah, I certainly. It's kind of dangerous because you spend enough time up front. What's comfortable about listening to so many business podcasts is I don't want to have to put my ass on the line yet. And so it's really easy to say, I'm going to yeah. do all this research because I need to learn all this stuff. Yeah. When really the best, the best education, it, better than buying a membership to Fizzle, which costs a dollar, right? Better than that dollar and then $35 every other month, better than any education I could give you is just jump in, start making shit, realize nobody cares, realize you got to do a lot of work to try to get someone to care, which means you got to stop talking about you and start talking about them, yeah. which means you got to figure out what their problem is. And which means you got to choose someone who they, who they are is, I don't know what grammar <laughs> is. I'm still learning, but you got to choose someone to serve like Dylan, like Bob Dylan said, <laughs> wait, no, that's everybody must get stoned. No. Yeah. Well, you're missing he, the sign. You got to hold up the signs too. Right? He also said, <laughs> You got to serve somebody. Yeah. There it is. That was the one I was looking for. It, it might be the devil. That's right. That's the one. <laughs> your point is you got to shit or get off the pot, right? 
in some ways, yeah, but it's incredibly harrowing and scary to yeah. do that, right? I, it's really easy for me, a guy who's been doing it for the last 10 years, to say, oh, you got to just go start and try, yeah. you know? But looking back at my own, my own career, that's what I needed to do. And what it's, it, I did it in very, very small ways. I, I, I tell people two things. Just jump, on, jump in and go do it and give yourself five years. Okay. You know, because just like a, a, if you were going to be a carpenter and work under a master carpenter and be an apprentice for a little while, I mean, give that about four or five years and you're, yeah. you know, just about everything there is to know about putting some finishing cabinetry and doing all the things that you need to do. You can start your own thing. You could run a, run his company for him when, when he wants to work less or whatever. Right. So think uh, same thing with like, I'd imagine like with like the old world, old world trades and stuff like that, like carpentry, woodwork, stone work farming even things like that it just just allow it, yourself it takes some time though it takes time allow right? yourself some years to figure this yeah. shit out cuz it's not just figuring it out it's also slowly growing that audience and if i would have put the onus on my the onus the onus <laughs> the onus the onus <laughs> if i was if I, that's my rap name is onus if I, if, I, if I own the onus yeah what's up y'all this is onus <laughs> i'm here to rap um, but if I would put that kind of pressure on myself to try to build an audience super quick the way that i see some of our fizzlers doing that I would, I would never have survived. Yeah. I would have never survived. But instead, what I did is I learned how to make websites and I just fell in love with the idea that I can make something. I could write something that could be vulnerable and honest and I could connect with someone out there who'd be like, fuck, that was good. Thanks, man. Yeah. And, and that, I got addicted to that experience. And I realized I could do that online and I, could, and I wanted it to look a certain way. So I figured out how to make it look that way. And that's what the beginning of the design stuff. And I've been doing that for like almost 10 years, you know? So figuring that out and, I, and letting that take the time that it took while I had day jobs is what made me able to look at the things the way that I do now. But then there's a lot of other people who are like experts in post-traumatic stress disorder. They've been working in that industry for 30 years. They just don't know anything about the web, right? But I yeah. could put a quick, I could put a blank page and a keyboard in front of them. They can tell me the 10 biggest questions that people with PTSD struggle with, yeah. right? It's like, okay, write those. And what we're going to do is we're going to put it together in an ebook. We're going to make that the free giveaway. We've got to split test it too. Don't yeah, we're going to do all this. It's really easy from that point. You know, yeah. the hard part is becoming an expert. The blogging and the, and the podcasting and all that stuff, that's the easy stuff. But, you so, know, but so, so my question is, so in the past, this would be, okay, I'd read a blog and I'd find out all about this, okay? And, yeah. and, and you've talked about a couple of times uh, in uh, past interviews about the douchey-sounding blogger, right? So you, yeah. you don't want to be that douchey kind of blogger and who actually may be a nice guy in person. They all are. They all, that's, the, that's the horrible, that's the worst part about it. They're all great. They're all great people. They just seem douchey online. Yeah. So in the past, you would like read a ton of blogs and you left it. Okay, I'll figure this out. I'll watch, I'll read the Sparkline and I'll learn how to do this. Yeah. So is, it, is the nature of podcasts uh, advancing that curve? Is it faster now because people can, you, you can talk to people almost directly through a podcast now? Yeah, but at the same time, how do, you, how do they find you? And how do they choose you over another guy? I mean, you still have to deal with, with getting chosen in yeah. the first place. Uh, but I, and I, I don't, I mean, I don't believe that pot, everyone needs to be doing a podcast. I believe everybody needs to be doing a few things, like pick, pick a couple. You got to have a home base somewhere. Yeah. And I don't see anybody making a home base just with their podcast because how am I going to reach out to you except for through the podcast? You know what I mean? And so if I have a product to sell, I, I'm, I'm really hurting if I'm just selling through the podcast saying, please go to this URL. Please, 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 please go to this URL. Please go to this URL. Please go to this, please, this URL. You know, uh, whereas if I have your email address, like you physically have to like archive that or delete it yeah. or and my chances are, if I've developed a great relationship with you, you're like, Hey, this guy doesn't spam me. He's only ever sent me good stuff before in the past. I wonder what this is. It's something that he's made. I trust this guy. I'll go with it. Yeah. You know, it's Makes 10 sense. bucks. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, the point is you got to have a home. I think you have to have a home base online 
Um, and I wouldn't make that your Facebook or your Twitter or your podcast. I'd make that a blog somewhere because you can just say things. Or maybe, may I don't know though. Maybe that'll change completely. Google there's, Plus people are blogging on Google Plus and LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's, some, there's something about there's something, something about uh, establishing a brand. Um, uh, James Tramco calls it owning the race course. It's basically your home base where you send people to, and 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 you tell people like this is our brand. You know, for you guys, it's Fizzle. Yeah, and and people know like as at some point the Fizzle brand is where I need to go to to get all my information Fizzle related. Yeah, and I wonder if that'll change in the fu- in the future. I mean, if uh, I but certainly still to the right now, there's no better there's no better tool. Or there's no better way of communication with your audience than email in terms of action. Yeah. Um, in terms of building relationship, you've got a lot of opportunities there, right? It, some people are going to be on LinkedIn. I mean, if you start blogging on LinkedIn, like, that's why some of the biggest of the big are just blogging on LinkedIn right yeah. now because it's an incredible way to, to reach people. Again, a podcast is just another medium. It's just a medium. Yeah. You know, That's all it is. And so you either can use this or not. And I think for me, this was made for me. Like I was made for this. <laughs> I think t- so. I'm- it's funny because I don't think any of your personality would have come through as as fantastic as your emails are and your blog posts are. I mean, a lot of how I I've come to understand the Chase Reeves persona has sure. been through just listening to you and how yeah. what uh, how you don't give a shit about sounding ridiculous and. And yeah. it's almost like you thrive so, in this medium. So I think I really some- do. I swear to God, I. I, I really appreciate you saying that yeah. because I remember the first time we started doing these, like the first episode we ever recorded, we never shipped. It was like really bad because I think I was dr- pretty drunk. <laughs> but, um, but, and after that, like, cause it's not just, it's not just making the podcast. It's not just sitting down and actually recording it. It's also then editing it, putting it into a blog post, yeah. putting it up on the feed, scheduling it, you know, doing all this shit. That's like real work about this thing. But I figured, you know, I learned how to do that. I got into a rhythm and I was like, you know what, this more than anything else is, it feels really good. And that at the time, now it was a lot easier early on too because everybody was just reacting to how different our show was compared to everyone else's. Yeah. And there was so much applause. Like, so everybody was like, oh, this is great. I love it. I love it. And now that applause is kind of tapered off because our like our main hub, like our main crew of the audience, they all, it's not new anymore. Yeah. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, I still think it's so great. At this. <laughs> you know, uh, they're, they're listening. Every Friday, but um, that's but, the, that, that's, is that the voice the voice of your audience there? That yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have the Irish guy, right? Yes. And then we have the audience. Yes, yeah, audience. <laughs> and then we got like, hey man, what's going on? <laughs> this is Onus. I got a little. See, this, this, so this is this is exactly the point because all this, if you, if you wrote down like exactly what we just yeah, described, you, none of that shit comes that? through. Like your yeah. your different takes on on, on uh, but that's why it's like that, that's why it's so fun. I, I, that's why, uh, for me, it felt like a home base. I've never done anything that felt so much like me before. And yeah, you're, I love the way you say, like, I'm not afraid of being, uh, sounding like an idiot. Cause I do so much. I mean, if you look at the reviews of our podcast, they're like, this is a really good podcast. It'd be really great if you could just cut most of Chase's stuff out and bring it down to about 35 minutes. Um, and then, so like, Half of the people think very strongly yeah. that I ruined the show, but they're still going to stick with it anyways because it's good enough. And then the other half are like, I, I would not – This is Chase is the best part ever. <laughs> so it's like it's a very black and white kind of thing. So we're back to Gutenberg and racism. So, uh, yeah. so we got that going for us. Yeah, and then I, I think uh, as long as I don't get pause blocked uh, on this yeah, video, I'll, I'll be fine. I, I think it's awesome like um, – so, See, I just tried to pause block you, but then you just kept going. <laughs> So you got to get comfortable. There's, there's, a, there's an art to like, like, I don't know. There's an art to that, right? There is. Well, that's why, we, well, because Corbett, Caleb and I, like we, we, we have a rapport with one another. We know 
like when he when when you say something and you're expecting me to go like yeah totally and I don't it's tough <laughs> oh look at you go good, right? yeah <laughs> yeah now if any of us could just learn how to drop our own little wash bombs unfortunately he's yeah. got the patent pending on that he's got the patent pending on that I yeah. think uh, where you picked this up and where I saw like uh, the first inklings of this that, as, far, as far as I'm concerned. Wait, wait, hold on. Remember that because we should tell people like these are little these are little inside jokes from the show yeah, yeah, that yeah. We, that just have randomly developed over time. So from the Fizzle Show. So, okay, so keep going. But it's almost like teasers. Like if you want to learn more, then head to fizzleshow.com. You know. Yeah, some would call that the information gap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw your videos on Ice to the Brim. Um, oh yeah, and it was interesting because uh, you. You're natural on camera because you like talking and you like um, making your personality come through. And so mm. I, I think uh, the fact that that I don't know if that was the start of this 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 Chase personality. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. But uh, yeah, if you go back, it, it's it's actually started with Father Apprentice, which is the first like uh, I, I had I had blogged before for yeah. a long time, but it was always just like I'm Chase. I ate this for lunch, or here's the funny image I found on the internet, you know and and then I started Father Apprentice, which was just for you know bad dads who want to be great, basically. And um, how's that working out? He's, he's, he's going great. I haven't posted in two and a half years, but uh, but it, it, we grow we grew a little audience there. And I I did it a lot through the videos. Like instead of like like writing was always sort of difficult. I would literally I'd pour a cocktail. I would I would I would set up the camera. I would sit in front of the camera, and then I'd be like, okay. I could, I'd just put a little piece of tinfoil that would curve around the back of the camera so that I could see if the red light was flashing. Because okay. that's how my little cannon was telling me that it was recording, because it didn't have anything on the front. Yeah. right? So and then I would sit in front, and it could, I'd only have 12 minutes for each time I press record, and it stops recording. That's why the tinfoil is so fucking important. And then I'd go over there, and I would just figure out what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> I normally wouldn't have it know. And I would, and I—that's where I develop the the process or the the way that in which I like edit the videos, where it's like a you deliver a couple sentences, some sort of phrase, and then it's a cut. Yeah. Because that's all I could get out at a time. And then I, so I'd go sentence by sentence by sentence, kind of like that, till I figure out what I was going to say. And then normally I'd edit it and be like, God, if I would have scripted this out, it would have been like 18 times better. <laughs> but, yeah, the good, uh, the, I think uh, you had some nice edits in there, so you kind of made it seem like a cohesive. So yeah, so videos where it kind of started uh, yeah. for me being because I like Stephen Pressfield. Uh, he has this this post about the ten, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hours thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and Stephen asked, "What is happening during those ten thousand hours? Yeah. You know, what's really happening?" And he said, "He says his hunch." is what's happening is they're learning how to be themselves on the violin or on the microphone or on the blank page or on the canvas or on whatever. You're learning who you are from just bashing your head against the blank page, you know, like crazy as it sits, as you're, I'm a guitar player. So it, like I can pick up a guitar and everything sounds boring and stupid and yeah, recycled. Yeah, just gotta keep at it. Everything. Just like uh, with you with electronic music, yeah. you know, it's like, nah, that's like too Avicii. Nah, <laughs> that's a little too like, ah, I don't want to do like the big arena thing. Yeah, oh, exactly. no, that's a little too down tempo. And it sounds just like, but you can overthink it. You can overthink it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You could totally, that's the, that's, that's why when I sit on a piano, it's just all fun and games or like a drum set. I'm just like, oh my God, it's amazing. So that's what podcasts felt like to me. Because I'd been writing and doing video for so long. Podcasting just felt like, I don't know, let's see what goes next. And when I listened to Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin on Back to Work, they just bullshit around. Yeah. Most of the time, it isn't boring. Yeah. You know, I'm just, because I like these people. And maybe 10 people like me the same way that I like Merlin. Because the truth is, 
I would buy any single thing that Merlin put out there. You're Merlin. Thought, fan, you're a Merlin fanboy. I'm a, I'm a super fan, <laughs> right? Uh, but but he hasn't put anything out there to sell. No. You know, he tried to do a big publishing deal, and because he tried to go that route to get to his audience, the negotiations went south with the publisher, and he never finished the book. Well, part of the appeal of him is is his voice, I guess, is or maybe what he has to say is is. Oh yeah, abso- absolutely. I think he's I think he's fascinating and brilliant. So why why not just write make an ebook and sell it for one hundred and fifty dollars? I'd buy it. Yeah. You know, I'd buy anything that he put out there. And I know there's there's at least two people who would do the same for me, you know, which is nowhere near the amount that would do it for him, and not not nearly enough the amount that would that would you know support my my family. But your gluten free crackers, my gluten free crackers, right? But but the the point is like that persona that I developed yeah. for some reason, the work that I had done in terms of you know develop personal development and all this stuff made me m- more comfortable with just getting on camera and just being the guy. And trying that stuff. You know, I always wanted to be funny. I always wanted to make people laugh. I always yeah. wanted to be myself. I always wanted to discover that. And I always wanted to, like, I'll go out to dinner with someone and I don't even know. And I'll start telling them about the problems of my life. So I'm like, let's work this out. Let's figure this out. You know, and it's not like a downer. It's more like a, yeah, well, what yeah. do you think of this? You know? Yeah. Um, but, like, dude, they're like, dude, dude, dude relax. Like, I just, man, I just, I just, you. <laughs> I just want to tell you about my business, Chase. Can you just, it's not about your just, sex life. Yeah, exactly. I just want to know how to make my emails more clickable, please. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not the guy to talk to for that. Yeah. But I think that's instructive. I think that's important because I well, the very first two podcasts uh, in our in our podcast are episodes 1 and 2 is a two-part series on finding your voice. Yep. Because we think that's the biggest challenge with doing anything online because you the first thing you're going to do is you're going to try to be either Pat Flynn or or you know Corbett Barr or I don't know, Chris, Chase, Chase Reeves, you're, nobody <laughs> tries to be me online except for the best ones. Um, it, they're already going to make it anyways. Uh, if anybody's interested in me, that's like, okay, uh, good. You clearly, are, you know, have the goods to be able to, <laughs> to do it yourself because you can see like, I'm just making it up. Yeah. There are no answers. There are no rules. Everybody's got stinky bits. Everybody's got like, literally everyone has genitals like stinky like you no know way. Things. no way no way well yeah. to be honest there are some who don't <laughs> that's another that, po- that's another podcast it's, yeah i want to niche that out genital, but the, gen- genital free podcast exactly but the truth about that is no matter what like you know the, the guys and the gals at the top of the top the ones you look up to most yeah. right they're just humans. They had They're to get humans. there. They had to get there somewhere. I mean, I mean, they, it took them, it took them a while uh, to find their voice. I guess is what. Is and not only that, but now they're now they're all, they you to you they look like they're on the top of the mountain. To them, they're like they're like there's way more mountains. Like it doesn't yeah. even matter where I am right now. Yeah. And and they they they're they're either loving life or hating life. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's not it's not yours to control. And so don't necessarily you got to find your own path. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, the hardest thing is discovering who you are, what what your quote unquote vo- reason why we say, you know, finding your voice, because like, what else are we going to say? I don't know, finding your face uh, or something. Because you, but Harry, you got a great face for radio. Thank I'm you, loving man. that you're doing podcasting because no, no I, I, I think, it, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great, obvi- I mean, as you know, it's a great opportunity to meet folks in this space. Um, I, I think you're, uh, actually, you're going to be speaking at Podcast Movement as yeah. well, which I, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to be a bit respectful of your time here. So um, I want to dig, uh, try to make it through the home stretch um, until this video cuts off. And then that's my sign that you actually dropped off and you had no more time for me. So I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm make my own gluten free crackers. So what do you think about like, what's the future of um, podcasting? And what do you think about the aspect of like discovering new artists? Like, what are you listening to that's kind of piqued your interest now that you wouldn't have heard before if it wasn't on a podcast? So, 
Okay, so the I guess I, I, the way you put that last bit makes me think of like the music podcast that I listen to. Yeah. Right. So like I've been listening to the Above and Beyond podcast for forever, and it's made me an absolute lover of electronic music. Yeah. Right? Okay. But in, a, in an unhealthy way, <laughs> right? But uh, so that has caused me to, but I still don't go buy albums of Mauer Levy and. Uh, you know, Norrin and Rad. I just don't like. I'd much rather listen to them do like a club mix on the on the podcast. The, because, interesting, you know, the, the interesting thing about electronic music is uh, it's something that's appreciated live. Live, I guess. Yeah. Uh, take that with a grain of salt, but it's they're playing off yeah. their laptops and everything. But but totally. in, in in a in a, uh, a festival tent outdoors, um, yeah. I think that's some of the best ways. Uh, we've experienced uh, festivals, and, and we go every year to a, a ton, my wife and I. So we, really? We, yeah, we go to Detroit Electronic Music Festival. Oh, that's got to be good. It's crazy. That's the birthplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we go to, uh, we're going to Coachella, too. I mean, there's a mix okay. of, of bands and, and uh, DJs at Coachella. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something about hearing it in an open space as yeah. opposed to a cramped, like, club. Uh, yeah, different, totally. Different and and they, they, frankly, like, they, you, you listen to Above and Beyond plays live, and it's not at all their CD. It's, yeah. They're all club mixes. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're, the CDs are all, the actual albums are very down-tempo or just chill in comparison to what they're playing live, which is so much bigger and bolder and crazier with yeah. these huge club mixes. And I've just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know how to buy electronic music. So I just listen to the Above and Beyond show because that's what I love the, the best. You know? So anyways, for music-wise, I know of a lot of people. Yeah. Like if I saw a poster with Norn and Rad on it here in Portland, like I would, I would drop everything. I'd find in out when they're playing and I'd go. In right? yeah. And even though I've never ever once, I don't even know how to find their website or where to listen to them online. I don't know. But, um, and I could search an audio for that. Uh, but and I wouldn't find the best stuff because the have best you, stuff. Have you uh, tried SoundCloud? Because you can start to, to start to favorite certain yeah. DJs, and then get your stream, and eventually your stream builds up to like comparable music, and that's how yeah. you find other similar artists. I have. I we're on. I'm on SoundCloud, but but normally it's just for listening to one not one offs. You know, like I love list. I found like a someone did a remix of Drake that was just amazing, and, yeah. and like a lot of remixes and shit like that that are I just like listening to. But uh, okay, so. That's the only one for music that I end up listening to. I also like Gareth Emery's show. He does great stuff because it's a little more, you know, just electro. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what, I, what I'm listening to for actual spoken stuff, like it's all the, the basics of like Radiolab, Back to Work, uh, Freakonomics, yeah. Next Market Podcast, 99% Invisible. Like a lot of these are the, are the sort of bread and butter to me. And I, a lot of people listen to those. Um, and then I have, I used Huff Duffer, which allows me to sort of like any podcast that I find around, I don't have to subscribe to that podcast, to listen to that thing. I can just click Huff Duff and it finds the audio file on the page and throws it into an RSS feed that my podcast app is already subscribed to. So Huff, so, du- so Huff Duff, um, would, it's a collection, it's a collection of feeds? Yeah. So anything, I see someone that I like tweet something on like, uh, so for instance, like Jesse Thorne, I don't subscribe to any of his podcasts because it's just a lot to take in. But if he says, oh my gosh, Bill Burr was on this one. You got to listen to this. Yeah. I'm going to click that link. And then I pull that page up. I click Huff Duff, the little bookmarklet, and it automatically throws that in, but it's on my phone. But by the time I get there in my queue, which is probably three weeks from now <laughs> at the way, way rate I'm going right now. Um, but so that that's really helpful because there's a lot of great stuff in there that I just – because they're all just things I've chosen, this specific thing I want to listen to. you know. Um, in terms of business podcasts, I really don't listen to anything. I can pull it up real quick. Um, yeah, let me grab mine. 
as well. But it, it's interesting because it's almost like everyone, like, I mean, something like podcast movement, you think it's called podcast movement, but when you think about the fact that there's like other people in the podcast movement space that are huge, yeah. you got Joe Rogan, Mark Marin. Yeah, um, you know they're not represented there, so I wonder, yeah. like, if if it's fair enough to say that this is uh, comprehensive of everything that's happening in the podcast space when it's really like our it's just little, us business people. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's, the, business it's the people who are the thing about blogging as a as a business is like there's almost there's zero cost to entry. Same thing with yeah. podcasting. There's yeah. zero cost to entry. There's there's basically no cost of entry. So of course there's going to be a million people with zero to say, just trying to get an audience. Yep. That's great. That's how we start. You know, that's how I started. I was just a nobody writing about being a dad and then people really liked it. And that's when I started Father Apprentice, you know, but before that I was thrashing for a few years of just writing whatever, you know, and my mom would be like, I don't get it, Chase. (laughs) That's your, that's your thrashing voice. Yeah. Another one I listened to is, uh, I listened to this week in startups, a lot of great interviews. Um, and then I just kind of just listen to the interviews that I want to in that one. New disruptors is, is pretty good. Uh, bionic bionic is one of my favorites ever but i don't know if i'd love it so much if it wasn't my friends that were doing it um that's on five by five what's your uh what's your app of choice i'm using casts i think its full name is pocket casts, pocket casts. Um, okay. you know one i gotta shout out to you look nice today which is probably the first podcast i ever listened to and the one that probably got me into it in the first place but that and wtf which but you look nice today hasn't put out an episode in forever. Yeah. But WTF is, you know, I just listened to the one with Ron White, which is one of my very favorite episodes I've ever listened to in my whole life. You know, and so that that's that's the one I've been listening to WTF I've been listening to longest. And it's still one of my favorites because, you know, I get to hear I get to hear a guy like Ron White shoot the shit with Mark Marin and tell me like the stories that he's telling. And yeah. if you know Ron White, like he is like the ultimate storyteller. Yeah guy you know he's like our version of billy Connolly. so anyways you're, for that, you're a big fan of the uh you mentioned the louis ck one was uh yeah important one that you were listening yeah, to recently two well. part louis ck robin yeah. williams was really good you know uh going all the way back but a lot of times i'm most surprised by the little ones because my i think what's probably at the core of what i'm looking at is what is it like to be creative and make a, and earn a living being someone who makes things for a living there is this advertisement uh, documentary that came out about like, you know, about advertising and the industry of advertising. And, and one guy on there, I can't remember who it was, but he had the most raspy, deep voice, <laughs> long time creative, uh, very cool guy. But what he talked about was like one of the most terrifying thing as a creative is you make something and you're expected to wake up the next day and, and have another idea, you know, yeah, and the scariest, like, yeah, yeah. the scariest thing is you're going to wake up and you're not going to have that idea. You know, for the next client or for the next idea. And I, and not that I'm terrified of that, but just that like I know what it's like to be in this mode of like I'm building, 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 building. It's very, I'm putting myself out there. Like I'm, I'm doing this. You know, I'm sitting here talking to you, like trying to be myself. And I'm also a little bit of a hyped up version of myself. And I'm just trying to like manage things. And my, I don't want my life to fall apart. I'm trying to stay married. Yeah. All this shit's going on. And I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's terrifying to think that. Uh, one day I wake up and realize, like, you know, the, the the big business boys tap me on the shoulder. They're like, yeah, we've just pulled the cord on you because you've been playing <laughs> for the last 10 years. You know, it's you know? interesting you make that point because I listen to Joe Rogan a lot. And, and it's yeah. kind of like, I mean, I used to listen to like health podcasts. And I think when I started deep diving, I, I mean, this guy's a freaking three-hour podcast. But, so that's kind of the reason why I listen. <laughs> it's a big investment, but and, I like listening to him too. So downcast. I, help, did not, <laughs> I did not want to like listening 
to Joe Rogan. It's a guilty pleasure, man. I'm but telling dude, you, man. I was total guilty pleasure. It's like listening to Seal. It's like you don't want anybody to know, but you're like dancing. Yeah. And some of the time, I mean, some of the guests, he, I mean, but, but the thing is, he's introduced me to like Brian Callen and Duncan, mm-hmm. Duncan Trussell's got a yeah. ridiculously hilarious podcast. He does yeah. the best, com- like if you're ever going to sit through commercials, sit through Duncan Trussell's family hour commercials. Really? Rolling off, it'd be ridiculously funny. Highly yeah. recommended. But, um, yeah, I think it's the fact that he's introduced me to like so many different authors and he's got had guys like Graham Hancock, Alex Gray, like this visionary artist that I, that I'm a big fan of was on there as well. So, it's just people that you get to hear them talk. It's that fly on the wall syndrome, right? Yeah. Yep. These conversations that you would never, you know, never have had a part yeah. of. And you just get and to most sit of the, there. most of the time you're like hearing like it's like biography. It's like reading biographies. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there's so much to glean from that. And yeah. when you listen to hundreds of them, like yeah. on WTF, the way I have, you start to see the patterns. Yeah. And you see that every creative struggles with like feeling like a a, a fraud. Yeah. You see that no and nobody knows what they're doing, and they're all making it up. You see that. Now everyone's looking at Louis C.K. and saying, like, I want that. I want creative freedom. Yeah. I want to be able to control shit. Whereas a lot of others are still actually looking at, like, I just need someone. I need HBO to make me. You know, I, yeah. need, an, I need a producer. I need someone to go out there yeah. and realize how great I am and make a show about my life so I can actually make money. You know, whereas Louis is kind of going the other way. He's like, I just, I don't, I just want to and make that, my that, thing. And, that, and that's the model because that's uh, the point I was headed towards because the whole, that, this is exactly what Joe says. He's like um, – there's no studio. There's no studio boss. There's no one's going to tell me, me like, cut the F-bombs out. He's like, hey, your, yeah. your, your podcast shouldn't be three hours. Hey, yeah. you know, wh- why are you talking about the, all these stupid topics you're talking about? He's the boss of his own show. Like, he does whatever totally. the fuck he wants. He mm-hmm. doesn't care. And he, he's built up this brand. However, thousands or millions of people are, are downloading his podcast on a regular basis. So I think, you know, when you, when you talk about the fact you might have someone come and attack your shoulder, like, I, I think yeah. as long as you keep doing your own thing, you're building, yeah. you're building your own brand and you don't give a fuck what other people say because you're like, hey, this is our show. It's We stream it. We own it. And um, if you don't like it, just find something else to listen to. Totally. And, that, and that's, that's kind of the point is that nobody's ever going to tap me on the shoulder. I mean, the tap is like when I wake up one morning and I actually don't have a business anymore. Like yeah. everybody left or I blew it up or something like that, right? And that, even that's not going to happen. Yeah. Right? These are just, these are just the insecurities that, that – that come when you're when you're like you know just kind of like taking things from inside yourself and throwing them at the internet and just hoping something sticks. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and so there's no right answer. Everybody's figuring out as they go. And podcasting, where is it going? Was the, the actual the first question? <laughs> and I don't think it's going anywhere different than any other publishing platform. You okay. know, it's about who are you and what are you here for and who are you going to help. Yeah. Be valuable. You're valuable to me when you're funny, right? I only I'm listening to Mark Marin. Why? There's a million podcasts out there that are funny and yeah. way more funny than Mark Marin. But I, uh, I found him first, and now I have a relationship with him. I interviewed him. I chat with him. We have a cigar once. Awesome. You know, he talked about me a couple times on the podcast. <laughs> like, that was a big deal for me. I sent him a that coffee a maker. Um, but an actual, an, actual, an actual coffee maker? Uh, yeah, well, uh, the AeroPress. It's 20 Oh, bucks. I love the AeroPress. It's pretty easy. Right. Yeah. But uh, – and the same thing with Merlin, like where it's like I have a m- relationship with this person, whether or not I know them, you know, and I, those are bad examples because I know I actually kind of do know both those. But but um, like a, an example of like Jad Abumrad from Radio Loud, um, the, the production and the things that they put together, I'm just I just know I'm going to get some crazy story, 
You know, and someone like you who, who listens to Joe Rogan and goes to trans show, you got to listen to the episode called Bliss yeah. because the last part of that is all about, well, just listen to it. You'll, you'll know what Act 3 is about and what I was getting at. It's great. The show is amazing. I'm exposed to ideas I would have never understood before yeah. or, or, no, or none of that. I would have never been exposed to, you know. Um, and so for those reasons, I'm just always super grateful for this shit. Yeah. And that's like, that's so awesome. the next market, the latest next market that I listened to, next market podcast was with uh, Roman Mars from 99% yeah, Invisible. that was great. And he rattles off a list of like 15 shows that he listens to and loves so much. Yeah. I didn't heard, I hadn't heard any one of them. And, and I, I made me realize like I haven't refreshed the podcast that I'm listening to. It's a rabbit hole, man. In like a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Because, and I don't want, I don't want, I'm going to, that's, by the way. What I'm really interested in is how do people find the show? I have no idea. I think they find it through the website most of the time. Yeah. Every show that I've found has always come from someone else that, yeah. that, I, that I know and trust. Or, a, someone, or an actual podcast that mentions another podcast. Another exactly. Podcast. And so that's where it's like, it's like new and noteworthy. I don't know. No, not at all. He's, he's the guy. You know, John Lee DeMoss is the guy for podcast. I don't know <laughs> how he does what he does. I it's do crazy. know. He, does, he is pretty clear in Podcast or Paradise what he, what he does. So if you want to know yeah. what he, how he does what he does, he does it there. But I just... I don't know. We're we're just making the thing every week, and I and I'm and I wish we were getting. I wish we had more and more and more and more numbers. And uh, I don't know how new people are going to find us, but, but I think. Almost, but it's almost better that you grow that way because it's like more organic as opposed to like oh yeah. we we blasted out an email and now we've got like like ten thousand new listeners that have no idea what the show is, but they thought it's something they should they should listen to, and then like nine thousand drop off because it's not for them. Totally, it, it, absolutely. But but at the same time, you know. I don't know. It's just interesting to, to hold your, to wonder, you don't know what expectations you have half the time until you're let down. Yeah. Until you realize, wow, I was expecting more. And well, I never voiced those expectations. And now I understand what I was expecting. And I just had this thought today. It was like, wow, what am I expecting? Some kind of going more thrashing of like, what the fuck are we blogging for? What the fuck are we doing this for? Why are we doing all this stuff? Is this a lot of work? Is this too much work? What's happening? Is this helping? You yeah. know, cause nobody, cause nobody's pat me on the shoulder recently enough. You know, I'm just like a little prima donna or something. I'm going to virtually pat you like, yeah, no, oh, yeah, right lower. <laughs> um, so, but, but that's such a big deal with, especially if, if you're talking to people who are starting up podcasts, who are thinking about podcasts, even now I'm, a, I'm an experienced podcaster because I've done like almost 50 episodes. If that make that in a world of podcasting, that's like 500, that's like 500 books or something like that, I think, yeah. or something. But, um, or it's like my third book, I guess, is what I'm working on. But thinking through your expectations, even though I've been doing this for a while, I still have never really set what my expectations are. Because we had a really big audience to launch our podcast into. Everything just went way better than I could have ever thought it was. Yeah. And so I was high on that for a long time. And now we're just in this lull of like, yeah, we're still kind of where we were, growing a little bit every every week. But and, and so I need to readjust my mind to that. Not just there, but on the blog and on everything else, you yeah. know, on physical growth and everything. But I think, um, I, I mean, a lot of... Your show stood out because, I mean, obviously it has a lot to do with your personality and the fact that um, the three of you have a really good chemistry together. Yeah, yeah but, that's but, the chemistry. Yeah. The chemistry is the most interesting thing, I think. I mean, I'm, I can hold a show for about five minutes. Yeah. And then you're like, I need something else from fucking man. man I, need, I need some actual substance on this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think you pull it off well. And I think after when you listen to so many and they all sound like, oh, SEO tactics and like A-B split testing and like – yeah. They're all saying the same shit. Like, uh, I want to make you the best entrepreneur of your life and like mm -hmm. yeah, po power of positive affirmation, all this other shit. Like, yeah. and there's like, wow, they're all saying the same thing. And you have to go through like, uh, you know, wade your way through like 10 or 20 of those 
crappy podcast and you're like, oh, sure. and then you find a voice that resonates and you're like, oh, this guy's got a, per- you've got a personality. Yeah. You've yeah got that's an interesting point. The yeah. voice that resonates. Yeah. Cause there's people who the SEO tactics and the AB testing stuff resonates with. There's other ones who the positive thinking and all that stuff resonates with, Yeah. you know, and, and you get to choose, you get to, I think like I go to the gym, I've been working out for a long time, been to the same routine for like three years and I fell in love with it. But early on, I was like trying to be like a Daniel Craig or something. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I want to be, oh, <laughs> ah, I'm working out. I'm lifting heavier and heavier and heavier. But my body's not starting to look like that. How's right? your uh, James Bond accent? <laughs> it's not very good. No. <laughs> I'll give you more later. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but I real, I kind of, my, my latest sort of, I guess it's just all the time in meditation or something. Uh, yeah. But it's like I've got to make my body the best version of my body, of itself. Of yeah. it, this is a, this is a, there's a thing this wants to be, this body of mine. And it's, and it might not be Daniel Craig and it might not be Arnold Schwarzenegger. The, the most difficult and, and biggest thing I could do is figure out what does this body want to be yeah. and then serve that, make that, you know, same thing with your personality, same thing with learning how to get comfortable on a microphone, same thing with learning how to speak in your own voice on a, on the internet anywhere, yeah. you know, whether it's in writing or video and audio, figuring out what, who you actually are is the thing. And that's the hardest work. That's the, that is the work. And I'm still very much trying to discover that just because I'm free and easy with my language. It doesn't mean I'm not thrashing around horribly trying to figure out a handhold to get, you know, to the next step of whatever. I don't know if there is it. Maybe I've already discovered everything. But would you say, I don't know. It, it, would you say it took you, uh, was it, was it a path for you to get there? Like to find your, actually to find your own voice, right? Yeah. There's also a match. Like there's, there's two things. There's, you can jump out and you're basically the self that you can be right then. Right. But looking back on it, you're going to be like, oh, super embarrassed because you're like, I can't believe I'd say shit like that. But you were actually being pretty authentic to yourself back then. Yeah. Right. So then you grow over time and you start, you, you learn, like, don't end a thing like that. End it, you know, like this or don't, you know, you learn little things. Yeah. You figure you learn, it out as you go. I don't yeah. believe that anymore. I believe this. And you, you, so in some ways, you're always, the, the goal is you've improved so much in five years. You look back on your old shit and you can't even stomach it. You can't even stomach it. Like, aim at that. Aim for that. Because that means you've improved so much. So, so, that means you, so, you, so what you're saying is, I'm going to be looking back at this video and be like, what the fuck was I doing? Clearly. You don't even have a <laughs> microphone. Your hair looks good. Your hair looks good, but you got a deep V. It's not a deep enough V-neck. Yeah. You know, you got nothing on the wall behind you. There's no flowers. Yeah. I don't see flowers anywhere. Well, John Lee DeMoss would tell you to put some flowers The microphone's off camera, so that's good. Okay, that's good. But, um... <laughs> So yeah, I, I actually have never really said that before. And really, it makes a ton of sense okay. that you would, in five years, I'll look back at this right now or anything that I'm making right now and be like, oh man, what a, what a loser. <laughs> so that means what? The only way to get to there yeah. is you ship your shittiest first draft right now. MVP, baby. You know, you just yeah. press publish and just go, 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 go. And learn, yeah. learn, learn. Because people are forgiving if they see earnestness, I think. And, and I think... You know, someone recently interviewed me on some big long thing of uh, of personal branding tips or something like that, and I, I said I have four points. Number one is just care a lot. Like yeah. we can tell when you're caring or not. And then two, three, and four, we're all just look at number one again and 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 put your ass on the line and fucking care. Yeah. Like have something that you care about. Of course. Because I'm sick and tired of you trying to optimize a headline about some shit that you just don't care about. You know, that's, that's the secret. That's the fucking secret to online is I can, I can see that 
that you really care about Star Wars, <laughs> because, and particularly Empire Strikes Back, because that's what you're talking an awful lot about with a with really impassioned sort of, uh, you know, ferocity. Yeah. I can tell. You know, that's my closing remark. I like it. All right, Harry. Well, thanks, man. So, where can people track you down? I guess if you, uh, what I always say is, if you don't care about who you follow on Twitter, you can find me there. And if you, uh, if you want to build a business thing online, go to go to fizzle.co, check out the blog, get on the email list, and we'll send you something sweet every week. That's awesome. Highly recommended. You folks check this this cool cat out. Chase Reeves, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast junkies, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Man, thanks so much, Harry. Okay, that was episode one in the can, and that was freaking awesome. Chase is a ton of fun, and I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. So, the show notes, bunch of stuff we talked about in the podcastjunkies.com slash one page. And don't forget, podcastjunkies.com slash review. And you could leave us uh, some feedback on the show. Let us know what you think, how we're doing, if we're off to a good start. I'd like to introduce also our musical curator for this show, George Abiana, otherwise known as Cedar and Soil. He's going to be providing links um, and actual music at the end of each episode. Uh, Some new bands, some cool bands, some of our friends that we really like. And just something to mix things up a bit and give you a little musical interlude or outerlude or whatever this is called. Outrolude. (laughs) Anyway, enjoy. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you've got uh, suggestions for music, uh, send that along to music at podcastjunkies.com. So with that, I'll leave you with The Beatdown, which is uh, the song off the Cedar and Soil's latest album, Dirge. Thanks, guys.
Are you a big fan of like the big ice ball thing? Okay, listen, here's the thing about the big ice ball. Yeah, all right. I mean, okay, there are cocktail. You got to ask yourself, what does this cocktail want to be? Okay. All right. So if you're making scotch on the rocks, like go for the big ice cube, okay. right? If you're making a Negroni, don't give me a big ice cube. Give me little, give me, give me medium sized cubes. Because what I want is that the thing is, is that the big ice cube, it melts slower. Yeah. It's all, it's all together. It, it keeps the cold in, which means that every part of it stays colder longer, which is great. Um, but there's times when you want some melting, the melt, I, that's what the whole point of ice to the brim is, is that, that uh, you make your cocktail way too strong yep. just so that ice can break down the water kind of sweet. You'll be amazed the way it, you get this gin and tonic and it's almost all gin. And then as the ice, as the ice slowly, slowly melts, it gets sweeter and sweeter. And then you've got about a 20 minute window or a 10 minute window where it's like, it's like optimum about five minutes after you've sort of poured it and finished and, and started drinking it. Now it's too, too strong up front. And then you've got about 10, 20 minutes of like really good drinking, depending on how, if you're doing a pint glass or, or a low ball glass. Yeah. That's why you do it ice to the brim because you don't want to be making a cocktail every 10 minutes. No. And I want you, and he, especially if you're mixing with the fucking, put a pineapple juice and shit. That's assuming you're making it. Yeah. Yeah, but chances are you probably are because you've got friends over because yes. you're somebody that people like That's true. or something. And even if you're at the bar, I mean, if you're making a cocktail every 15, 20 minutes, man, it's going to cost so much money. Yeah. I got to pay for some gluten-free crackers, man. <laughs> I don't have time for this, you know? I ain't got time for that. So some drinks is great for the big ice cube. Okay. I want to. But do- my very favorite are the uh, Trevolo, the, the silicon ice trays oh, that yeah. are the like fold, the, the one fold, inch the fold over thing right the one inch they're one inch cubes yeah oh, I okay so the yeah. one inch cubes i could fit about four of those in my low ball and that is just perfect because awesome. they melt just a little bit but they're big enough to stay cold for a really long time 
So you can make a really strong, like you can make a, a beautiful Negroni and it's going to stay. It just, the cocktail matures. It's cocktail matures over time, bro. You've got it, you've got it down to a science, man. I, I got me down to a science. They can't say that they're good cocktails for you, but I certainly love them. All right. Uh, next drink's on me, man. 